Hello, and welcome to episode 291 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Caleb Plumquist, comics creator and writer of Unicorn Vampire Hunter, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt and Caleb. Thanks so much uh, for, for joining us. Um, you know, it's great to have you back on the show. Um, we're really excited to have you back on. Um, but actually, before I let you go, let's uh, let me call in my co-host here, uh, Noah. Noah, do you want to say hey to everybody? Hey there. Sorry about that. For some mm-hmm. reason, my Zoom crashed. No worries. We got you back in time. So we're going to kick things back over to Caleb. Caleb, what we usually do when we start off an interview is we ask for, for two things. We ask for a quick bio and then the elevator pitch for the book that you're, you're currently crowdfunding. Okay. Um, so my name is Caleb Palmquist. Um, I'm from the uh, Pacific Northwest and I... Um, you know, love telling stories. I've been making comics on Kickstarter for the last six years and, um, you know, doodling in my notebook for another 20 years before that. Um, so um, that's that's me in a nutshell. The comic is called Unicorn Vampire Hunter. This is the fourth time I'm on Kickstarter with this particular series. And this, uh, this one has two issues in it, uh, the final two issues of an arc, but the elevator pitch of the comic is it's about, it's a fairy tale adventure about a unicorn who hunts vampires with his horn. And that's all I really need to say. Perfect. Sounds, sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's, if we could, I, cause I know that I've had some talks with Noah before this. Um, one of the other books you do is, is a vampire related book as well. And I think recently we got the, the second issue of that. Is that correct? Um, yes, I, the last Kickstarter I did before this one was for Vampire Detective in Space number two. Um, and, uh, if your question is, uh, am I the vampire guy? Um, maybe, um, I, uh, um, yeah, I, I did another book that was about vampires, um, because, um, I thought it fit the story I wanted to tell. And also, um, you know, not going to lie. It was, uh, I thought there might be crossover with the audiences and to a certain degree that there, there was. Awesome. Well, I, I know that I have it here in my stack to read and I have to admit, I haven't read it yet, but I know Noah has. So Noah, do you, do you have any questions about, uh, our, our space vampire? Yeah. I just wanted to ask about, uh, you know, you're, you seemed like to be on a good pace with vampire um with vampire detective in space uh are we are we going to be expecting issue three here real soon uh yeah i that's issue three and four are next up on my docket um i am hoping to get another kickstarter for that one out before the end of the year um you know it's it's always hard to know exactly what a schedule is going to look like with kickstarter but um that's my plan. That's my intention. Dave uh, Swartz, who's the artist on Vampire Detective in Space, is already on board. Um, and that storyline is a four issue arc. Um, and so um, hopefully I will I'll get it out sooner than later. Um, I am still in the process. I'm in the last stages of fulfilling issue two. Um, it uh, I ended up getting covid um and that delayed things by quite a lot yeah Uh, it was not you know when i had covid i didn't really feel like 
um, packing up orders. <laughs> why? Uh, well, why, uh, yeah. why, why? I don't get it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Um, but anyway, hopefully I'll get, um, I'll within the next couple of weeks, have all those, the final issue twos shipped out. And, and certainly with this current Kickstarter that I'm doing, I'll have enough extra funds to make sure that we get those next two issues of Vampire Detective in Space done and ready to be out to everybody. Awesome. Is that, are they add-ons in this campaign? Issue one and two are available as add-ons um, in this campaign. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. I have one more question um, about Vampire Detective and it's not a spoilery question, Matt. So don't worry. Okay. Um, there was a really cool action sequence from a, starts about the middle and it goes, it goes for quite a while. I just wanted to ask you about writing that action sequence and then passing it on to, uh, passing it on to the artist what was that like oh sure um i i think if you if you look at my, the different series i've done you might start to see uh, a pattern that with issue one i'm always like uh trying to set up the emotional core and then in issue two i'm like oh crap people are gonna want action like they came here for the action so i better give them lots of action in issue two um and uh and so there is a big fight sequence and the way that i did that is the same way that i do fight scenes in unicorn vampire hunter which is i have some ideas um of of particular actions i want to see but then i send all those ideas and kind of like a messy hodgepodge over to the artist and then we have a little bit of a conversation about it and then they, you know, Dave in this case really just makes it work. Um, I, I think from my perspective, um, I'm not a choreographer. I'm not, and I'm also not an artist. And so trying to really dictate exactly what's happening in those scenes, like motion by motion mm -hmm. is not going to serve the flow of the story as well as if I make some suggestions about things I'd like to see and then let the artist make it make sense. So to be honest, I got to give almost all the credit for how well the action scene flows to Dave Swartz, the artist. Yeah. I really liked the action scene. I liked your incorporation of objects uh, found. And I won't say what objects, but objects found and uh, the weapons on the vampire detective suit were really cool. I liked how you incorporated those into the fight. That had to be fun to sort of work with the artist on is figuring out what weapons will be used when um, to take down certain enemies. Oh, for sure. And part of it is also like discussing like, well, what kills a vampire? Um, you know, I mean, the uh, and, and how does that work in space? You know, can they walk around on a on on in a space station like are the rays from the sun going to kill them and all that kind of stuff and um and so we had some fun conversations about that um and then you know yeah so that that it was definitely all a lot of fun i i love doing action scenes um and uh and i also love taking my time with things like like action scenes like that takes up almost half the issue because i just want to give things room to breathe and i think because of that i tell less story with each issue than maybe some other writers do uh but i think it's worth it yeah and i have one more thing i guess before we move on about issue two uh on a story level on a character level i love how you 
integrated an informer character into it but with like this great fantasy sci-fi twist of like him being an alien uh character and uh, it's got to be fun doing sort of a a genre of like detective in a sci-fi mode and being able to sort of yeah like if you're going to have an informer character that's on the street having them be an alien that's got to be fun to write for sure he's that's one of my favorite characters and i um depending on where that story goes i hope to see more of of that character um in the future you know we'll see it's uh i mean i'm very much in a mode now where every story i tell has is like limited in scope which is the opposite of how i used to do things i used to write things in a way where it was like oh well i'm introducing this character now and he'll pay off you know 10 issues in the future and the way that i write now because there's no guarantees of anything like that it's like well you know everything's going to be wrapped up in the next three four five issues and then you know if i have the opportunity to tell more stories with these characters that'll be great i'd love to see them again but uh, but i'm not uh, necessarily counting on it yeah what was the inspiration behind that character's design with the like the tentacle face and everything um so he was actually i have to give credit to uh, noah meese because um the vampire detective in space was uh really sort of carved out of it my first ever comic book series called a small favor um and uh that was a sci-fi series that had nothing to do with vampires and it was like my 10 volume magnum opus that i you know didn't ever finish and that character was introduced in the very end of the first volume which is the only volume i finished um and he was his his personality was different but um he was this alien orphan boy and uh and Noah Meese, um, who was the artist on the series at, at the time, who was still a good friend of mine, just designed that character. He thought that it would be great to have this little squid squid boy. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I got to give all the credit to him. And, and then I just, you know, took that design and evolved it a little bit. Dave Swartz took the design and, and kind of gave him a little bit of a rougher edge and, and a little more sass. So is uh, it the same character? It's the same character as in a small favor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but I mean, us, you know, I, I, I like to think of it as, you know, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a, it's an alternate reality that, you know, the three, the, the three characters that got taken from a small favor were the main character, his robot floating head companion and this little squid boy. Um, and, uh, but they, they're, they're living very different lives in this new reality. Um, but I just love those characters so much that I wanted to give them new life. Yeah. I haven't read a small favor and now I want to, so I can <laughs> have more of the characters. That's very cool. Okay. I'm done with uh, vampire detective too, Matt. No, no worries. It was, it was a great conversation. Um, but if we go back to uh, unicorn vampire hunter, this is, uh, this is two issues um, uh, to, to close out an arc, right? Four and five are, are closing out a story arc. Correct. And there's also a, a, a role-playing game that's uh, part of this, uh, this Kickstarter. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the role-playing game. Um, are you a, a big gamer, or is this something that you thought maybe you could incorporate into it, you know, with it being sort of a, you know, a fantasy, you know, um, searching sort of book like that? 
well, I am a huge fan of Dungeons and Dragons. I, um, I'm a big board game player in general. I think that um, people who know me outside of comics, I think would, would almost associate me more with board games than with comics um, because that's such a big hobby of mine. But um, Dungeons and Dragons is something I really love and I've wanted to do a role-playing game for a long time. And like you said, there's a fantasy thing and Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition is, um, um, I can't remember the exact term that they use, but it's basically open source. The Wizards of the Coast allows anyone to create their own source books for it and sell them for profit. Um, and so um, on the campaign we did last year, I did a starter guide for Dungeons and Dragons, which just had like some character sheets in it and some lore about the world and ideas for running a game, but it didn't actually have like a scenario to play mm -hmm. um but it was really popular i mean yeah like a huge percentage of the people who backed that kickstarter also picked up the role-playing guide and then i got a lot of positive feedback about it so i thought well why don't we come back and do another one except this time it'll be a whole new adventure that's set in canon in in between the pages of unicorn hunter unicorn vampire hunter five um starring some side characters um and so it's it's not necessary to understand the story but it is an in canon story featuring uh characters from the book mm -hmm. um and uh so if even if you don't play dungeons and dragons the way that i've written it and designed it is so that you could read it as another bonus side chapter of the story Oh, that's really cool. So does the, the open source book, is that sort of like a, like a, almost like a template that you sort of like grab and then you, maybe you, you put into your document and then you are like, all right, I just need to, you know, change this up a little bit. This, this goes really smooth. Like how, do, how does all that work? Well, it's more like the rules are open source. So okay. there's no like document to take and modify. It's just that the game that we, created is compatible with Dungeons and Dragons. So you use the rules of gameplay for Dungeons and Dragons to play it. All we had to do was create the character sheets, create the scenarios. Um, and so you won't, if you buy this book and you don't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons, this book will not teach you how to play it. Um, okay. So you will need to play it. You'll need to either have a friend who knows the rules or you'll need a starter guide, an official Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons starter guide to learn how to play. Um, but um, I think that um, because Dungeons and Dragons is so ubiquitous, and I mean, it's only becoming more so with things like Stranger Things coming out, uh -huh. um, that, you know, chances are if you're interested in learning to play Dungeons and Dragons, you probably know someone who could teach you. And if you don't, there's probably a game store near you that has like open play nights where they will teach you how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Awesome. And have you ever been a, a DM for, for a game before? Um, yes, uh, I have. I've both been a player and dungeon master, um, mainly for just groups of my own friends. Um, but, uh, but I love, I love both things. I love running a game and I love playing in a, in a game. So do you think that that experience as a, as a DM was, was helpful when you decided that you were going to incorporate, um, this story into, to, uh, to a gaming system or gaming platform? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then also just having friends who play tested the, the scenario that we wrote okay. um, with me. And then my fiance, Lorelai, actually um, co-designed the game with me because she is more into Dungeons and Dragons than I am. Like she's uh, got like a sort of encyclopedic knowledge of the rules. So that was very awesome, very helpful. And of course, she in the book, she's co she's credited as the co-creator. Nice. Uh, Noah, do you do you have a question here? Um, so with uh, you know, it's expanding this the 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 world. Are are you looking into like to other arenas of of expanding the world, or is it is it right now? Is it just the first step? Is the role playing game? Um, for right now, it's just the role playing game. I have had ideas about spinoffs. Um, I've toyed with the idea of trying to develop a card game. The the thing about uh, Dungeons and Dragons is that it's so easy to design for, and and like most of the work is just coming up with a uh, a coherent story. And writing for Dungeons and Dragons is a little bit different than writing a regular narrative. But um, but then if you're talking about doing something like designing a card game, that's a whole different skill set that uh, that I don't have a lot of experience in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, but that said, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've also toyed with the idea of trying to find a partner for something like that, um, who could, uh, who could make that happen. But, you know, I mean, anything is possible. I think, I think that, you know, it, as with anybody who's got an, an IP that's been successful, you're always thinking about ways to expand it. So right now, the role-playing game is the main thing, but, you know, anything could happen in the future. Awesome. So, you know, we mentioned this earlier that this is this is two issues. This is to 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 close out the arc. Well, um, in the previous campaigns, did you ever do a, a two issue campaign um, for for this series? No, this is my first time ever doing two issues at once okay. for anything. And, and um, did you ahead. have a? I'm sorry, I was just going to ask. Did you sort of have a thought process as to to why you wanted to do two issues at the, at the same time? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons. Um, first of all, uh, you know, just like impatience, I suppose. Um, I, uh, I'm excited to get the story done. And as you guys know, you know, every Kickstarter that you do takes time, like a lot of time. You know, you run it for a month, but there's marketing leading up to it. And then there's the, even if the art is completely done, when you run the Kickstarter, there's still a significant amount of time to print the thing and fulfill it and everything else. And so there's only so many Kickstarters that you can run mm-hmm. um, in a given year, um, even if you're uh, operating full tilt. And so um, basically, I thought if I did two issues at once, I could get more issues out faster. And I'd also seen a number of other creators do it with uh, varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I thought people want more issues of this. Um, and, uh, you know, if I can, if I can get it to them faster, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, so be it. And, and it was definitely a gamble because I had to invest more leading into the campaign. Um, this is not, I, this is not a campaign where, um, you know, I, I'm going to 
kickstarted and then do all the work. Issue five is being drawn now. So the work is not all done, but issue four is done. A lot of the other things, most of the art assets are done. Um, and so, um, you know, it's, but not having to run two campaigns for it is going to save a lot of time. Um, and it, you know, it generates more hype. Uh, and I think people are going to be excited to get the issues faster. Yeah. And I'm also thinking the, the fact that you're doing the two issues at the, at the close of, of a story arc is sort of like to amp up, you know, if, you know, I have the other issues, but I'm sort of like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to be able to sort of conclude this part of the, you know, you do these characters, this, this, this arc that I've been following, um, you know, I'm going to be able to, to, to get there faster. So there's a, probably a little bit of excitement to be able to, to reach sort of a, a point in the storyline where, where we have some sort of conclusion. I'm sure there's sort of, you know, plot points, dangling threads that can continue, but we're going to get a satisfying story. And this is going to allow us to, as readers, to get there quicker as well. Right. Very cool. So, uh, you know, a lot of times as, 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 you know, people who are running a Kickstarter, you know, you're promoting the Kickstarter, um, pages are coming in, um, you mentioned like where you are with like art assets, but are you like um, doing like lettering passes on, on, on four while pages are coming in on, on five? Like sometimes you just have to do like a mental shift, like, hey, I'm in, I'm in editing lettering mode here. And, and then, you know, the next day a page comes in and you're like, all right, I, now I'm back into like, all right, I got to break this down. I got to make sure everything that we communicated is on the page. Are you, are you going back and forth on different things? Um, there's a little bit of that. I mean, you know, I've, I've always got so many plates spinning that there, there's always a little bit of mental shifting happening, but issue four is actually 100% done. I mean, okay. I could send issue four to print tomorrow. Um, but, um, because I'm gonna be fulfilling them both at the same time, you know, I like, I'm, I'm gonna wait and see, you know, exactly what how many we need to, to order and, uh, and everything like that. But, but yeah, issue four is, is totally done. And I'm actually going to send it out to backers after the campaign ends, the digital version, um, so that backers will be able to read issue four, um, you know, probably a month or two before they get to read issue five. But I figure as well, as long as I have it, yeah. might as well send it out to them. Yeah. It's always, it's always nice to get something um, really quickly. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, most of the time it's going to be that digital asset, but it's really nice to be able to deliver something very quickly after the campaign closes. Um, Noah and I were able to do that recently with, with our boss failed book. Um, you know, I think maybe 48 hours after our campaign was over that, that went out. And that's just really satisfying to be able to, to deliver something very quickly you know, and the, and the backers know that, hey, there's there's some more time before I'm going to see, you know, physical products or, you know, some of these other, you know, add-on things and stuff like that. But to, to be able to deliver, you know, a piece of it really quickly is is, is, is a lot of, so it's, it's great for the backers and it's probably, well, not probably, but it also feels really satisfying as, as the creator as well. Oh, for sure. And I, I have definitely experimented with even getting the physical copies out, like lightning fast. I think for Vampire Detective in Space number one, I went ahead and 
like I took a risk and, and ordered, I, I actually paid for the print on credit before I even got the Kickstarter money. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like two weeks after the campaign ended, like the first person got theirs in the mail. Um, and I honestly almost think that was too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, in, and I, uh, uh, and I, I don't necessarily, like, I think people are like very conditioned on Kickstarter to know that like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a little while, you know, I mean, some, like some of the board games people back on Kickstarter, hell, I, I probably have a couple board games that I've backed on Kickstarter that I backed like two years ago and I still haven't gotten. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, it'll get here when it gets here, you know? Um, yeah. but uh, so I think it's people are probably fine waiting a little while. And, and, and I think that, you know, I, w- I was very excited about the idea of like, well, what if it came right away? And, um, and I think some people thought that was cool, but I also think that, you know, it wasn't really necessary yeah. um, to do it that fast. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think sort of as somebody who's, who's, you know, made stuff, back stuff, um, you know, I'm almost sort of conditioned that, hey, it's going to be two, three months before I, I, I see this thing that, uh, um, yeah. that I got. And it's sort of like, I come to my door, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a mailer there. I pick it up and, you know, I read the address and I go, Oh yeah, that's the, that's the thing that, uh, that I <laughs> and, and it's, it's here now. It's almost sort of like you just do this like mental recall. You're like, Oh yeah, that's the thing. And you know, it's, it's, yeah, you, you get into that sort of flow where it's like, Oh yeah, that, that, that was the thing that I was, you know, not necessarily that I was waiting for, but like you see that name on the address and you're like, Oh, okay, that that's it. It's, it's here now and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, so um, it seems like um, with this, with uh, unicorn vampire hunter, um, it, are you going to, are you going to be taking a bit of a, of a break that you got the five, five issues and you, you concluded sort of a, a story arc um, and, and work on other things like detective in space and stuff like that. What's, what's the plan here? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think there will be a little bit of a hiatus usually just because after I have Daryl do a lot of pages, he always comes to me and he's like, <laughs> you worked me too hard. I need a break. Uh, and so so even if I wanted to charge ahead, he would probably demand a, a break, you know, threaten to unionize on me or something. <laughs> um, but uh, so there will probably be a little bit of a break. I may or may not do a collected edition at some point, uh, like a trade paperback Kickstarter. Uh, some, mm-hmm. Sometimes people do that. Sometimes they don't. I haven't totally decided whether or not I will. Um, I have I definitely have plans for the next story arc. Um and, but then I also have, you know, there's always new things happening. Vampire Detective in Space will be four issues and I'll wrap that up. And then I have two other new IPs that I'm hoping to debut next year. But I'm actually, um, basically for those, I'm, it's so early. I've written them, but I'm in the process of trying to find the right artist, which is, um, you know, always a daunting task. Awesome. So are we able to, to talk a little bit about um, Unicorn Vampire Hunter and its existence after uh, a crowdfunding um, book? Or are we able to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, um, we totally are. I have a publishing deal with Scout Comics, um, which will, I, you know, it's... Um, once I have issue five done, that's kind of like, they want the whole arc to be done, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the ideal thing. I think technically they would have 
started soliciting it after I had three, but I was like, I, well, I don't want there to be a break. If, if, if something happens and there's a delay, I didn't want there to be a long break after issue three um, for the people who are buying in stores. So um, I don't know the exact timeline. Um, you know, I'll have to talk to my editors at Scout, but at some point, hopefully within the next year, that'll be solicited and it'll be, you know, through the direct market in comic book stores. And of course, at that point, I'll be calling stores and, you know, asking people to pre-order it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sort of a, uh, a, a different, well, not, not all that different, but there's a, there's a, a slightly different type of hustle you got to do now, you know, you, you, the, the Kickstarter one is, is one, but then, you know, a book that's, you know, from a, a publisher that's not Marvel or DC, you're going to have to put in that work and, and call shops and, you know, probably go on podcasts, talk about, hey, my book's in previews, you know, it's really important to, to pre-order it so the shop knows that, that it's there, maybe you can create a little bit of buzz, um, you know, maybe if two or three people at a shop, you know, request the book, the, the shop owner might be like, hey, you know, three people want this, why don't I grab six to have a couple of extra to put on, on the shelf? So it's, you, you know, you're not going to be able to, to stop the, uh, the promotion machine once it, uh, once it goes to this other stage, right? Right, right. Well, then, and then the cool thing about the Scout editions will be that um, they will have unique covers and they will have some unique back matter. So for people who are, you know, the, the collectors, yeah. um, it may be, even if you already have the book, um, you know, this will be a new edition um, and a new cover. And, um, and then for people who haven't had gotten the book or only ever read the digital copies or whatever, you know, you'll be able to get that in, in comic book shops. And I'm super excited about that. I think probably the thing I'm most excited for, you know, like I should say it, it will be a really good feeling to see it in comic book shops, but, um, and I know you want to support the little guy, but the, uh, you know, the lizard part of my brain is the most excited to potentially see it in Barnes and Noble because uh, once the trade is collected by Scout, um, they have a distribution deal with Simon and Schuster and they have books in, Barnes and Noble. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of like, uh, that's, that's kind of a childhood dream, you know, yeah. the big bookstore having your book there. Yeah. yeah that'd be really cool. Yeah. Have you had, uh, you know, I know that like you've worked on, on stuff before, um, but have you had the experience of, of having, uh, something of, of your own on a, on a comic book sh sh shop shelf? Well, the only thing I've really had is I've sold like a very small handful of books um, to my my local shop that I buy comics mm -hmm. from. Um, and so like my local shop is, you know, the owner is a really great guy and and uh, and he's always got a small handful of, of copies of my book on the shelf, um, which is nice. And, you know, I've, I've sold a few that I mean, he's sold a few that way, like uh, I, uh, you know, I sold him the books, uh, you know, at a, at a discount and then, and then he sold some. So that's cool. Um, but it, you know, it's, I think it's, I think it's going to be a different feeling, um, to, to have, you know, a officially distributed and published book there on the shelf. Um, that wasn't something that felt like it was on the shelf as a favor to a local friend, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure you're planning on, on going to the, to going to the shop today and just sort of, looking at it maybe taking a couple of pictures of it 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I think, uh, I think that'll be very exciting. And, and, you know, get, I, I'm still so new to it. I, I mean, I, I signed this publishing deal like two years ago, but, and so it, it you know, these things take a while to happen, but I, uh, I, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect and I'm, I'm very excited about it and I'm hopeful that it will be, you know, the first of many, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we, we certainly hope so as well. Yeah. Uh, Noah, um, uh, any, I, I think we're going to uh, close this up soon, but I, I want to check in with you to see if you have any, any thoughts or, or questions for, for Caleb. Yeah, um, so once this is collected and, uh, you know, once you guys are, uh, are, are ready to, you know, get your distribution ready with Scouter, should we expect to see you at some conventions in the next year? Uh, I guess you're in oh. your, your Pacific south your pacific southwest so pacific northwest yeah northwest. So, sorry so you maybe like emerald city and stuff or are you going to be there yes yes so next month i will be at emerald city um i will be tabling with um camry lapka who is a a local artist um near seattle i'm sure that she would tell you she doesn't live in seattle but she lives close enough that i think anyone outside of washington state would say that's seattle um <laughs> And, um, and then, so I'm very excited. That'll, that'll be my first time tabling at Emerald city. And then I'm also going to be at Rose city, which is in Portland, Oregon. Um, and that's in September. Uh, oh, that's, so that's very, that's, that's cool. Hopefully, um, one day our, we're, we're, we're mid Atlantic East coast. So hopefully maybe one day our, our paths will cross, uh, and maybe we'll have to go to the, to, to the middle of the, the middle of the country meet up in like uh colorado or or chicago or something like that well once uh you know as things start to heat up again and and once i have some trade paperbacks and stuff i i may end up trying to go that way just because uh my letterer dave lentz is is out that way and so um you know i i would love to conscript him into tabling with me um but uh, you know, you never know. Cons are for me a love hate relationship because um, I love doing them. They're a lot of fun, but they're so exhausting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm always like, by, by the end of a con, I'm always like, oh, why did I do this? Uh, but you know, it's it's always very exciting, and it's exciting to meet new new fans and old fans, and and uh, and to just get to see one of my favorite things about, it, especially a big con is to meet other creators that I haven't met before. And sometimes to meet creators that I know online that I've never met in person, which is always really fun. Yeah. Noah and I had that, um, at, at Baltimore, um, was, which one of the first cons back after sort of, we were getting back to normal and we sort of, we walked in there and it was like, Hey, there's that person that was, uh, that was a box on a screen on, on my computer for, for two years, but they're, they're, they're over there. Let's, let's go say hi to them. So that, that was, yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. For sure. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's do this as we close up. Let's let people know the, the best places to, to follow you online. And, um, you know, I know you gave us the elevator pitch for the book, which was, which was spot on, you know, it, it tells us, you know, what we need to know, but um, let's, let's do both of those things. Um, where to follow you online and a little bit more about this book. Um, and I'll just add that we're recording this in the middle of uh, July and this Kickstarter is going to be running until August 11th. So um, 
still have some time, but let's uh, let's get to it so we can uh, maybe uh, get to some stretch goal territory. But uh, Caleb, let's uh, let people know where to, to follow you online. Okay, uh, so you can find me on most socials at Unicorn Vampire Hunter. Um, so Instagram, Facebook uh, is at Unicorn Vampire Hunter. Uh, you can also find me at Caleb.Palmquist on most socials, or sometimes it's just Caleb Palmquist, uh, depending on whether or not I got there first. <laughs> um, there are several other Caleb Palmquists floating around on the internet, um, but uh, yeah, that's the best place to follow me. Also, if you ever go, if you ever want to find out more about the series, unicornvampirehunter.com will always redirect to whatever the most relevant current thing is for the series. Um, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm really bad at social media. Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't check it. And so if you message me on Twitter, I, it's possible that I'll see it in six months and respond to you and apologize. Um, then it won't matter anymore, but, um, uh, but I do try, uh, if I think about it. Um, but yeah, is in terms of a little more about the book, this is an all ages fantasy adventure book. It is a fairy tale. Um, I always wanted to tell a fairy tale. And, um, and so the hook of the book is that it's a unicorn who stabs vampires with his horn, which is very funny. Um, but the real core of the book is a story about friendship, found family. Um, it's also a story about making mistakes and forgiveness. Um, so if I've done my job right, you'll go into the book thinking that it's a silly concept and come out of it crying. Um, yeah, that, that's, I, I think, what I hope people get out of it. I, I really care about the characters and have poured a lot into them. Awesome. Well, we encourage everybody to check out the Kickstarter and, and back it. If you can't tell, um, Noah and I have been on board on, on both of these books for, for quite some time, and we're excited to get our hands on the on the next uh, the next issues here. So we're going to have a link to the the website you gave, the, the unicornvampirehunter.com. Um, also a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. We want to make it as easy as possible for people who are listening, you know, go to that pod player, you know, hit the, hit the show notes, scroll down and hit that link and go directly there. So we're going to have all of that stuff. And, uh, Caleb, hopefully we can, we can have you on in the, in the future sometime, um, to talk about, uh, whatever, whatever you got coming next. And also, um, you know, don't forget about us when the, the book is in previews. We, we would love to have you back on and, and talk about uh, all things Unicorn Vampire Hunter as it takes its next evolution um, to, you know, to, to scout. So that, that would be fun as well. Yeah, I would be, I'd be more than happy to. And honestly, um, I would love to come back on when we do Vampire Detective in Space again, because I love that you guys, I always love that you guys have actually read my books and that you, uh, that you're invested in the story and you have questions about what happened in the story. I, I love that. It's very flattering. And so, you know, I'm uh, consider me, consider me booked whenever, uh, whenever I got another, <laughs> another thing, uh, oh. I'll be happy to come back on. Oh, for sure. Definitely. We, we would love to have yeah. you. Awesome. So uh, I'd just like to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. There's going to be another Kickstarter link in the show notes, and that is going to be for Superior Sam. 
Everybody Needs a Home. That's a Kickstarter that's going on right now. It's an all ages book, uh, teaching kids about the, the importance and the, the responsibilities that they have with, with rescue animals. Um, Noah is lettering that book and I am co-publishing that book with my partners at Ageless Press. So Kickstarter link for that in the show notes. If you wanna follow the podcast, we are on Twitter and that is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just want to thank everybody once again for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.